Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church Audio Podcast. We're glad that you are joining us today. Stay tuned for today's message. Enjoy, and God bless. Body, the fullness of him that 
first point, titled, Be Free from Spiritual Ignorance. One of the reasons and purposes for the written word is to transfer information to the hearts of believers that that's supposed to bring us to an understanding about hidden knowledge. This portion of scripture may has many different nuggets that has the intention to give us insight and supernatural wisdom. Paul writes and says that he is constantly praying that God will grant us with the spirit of wisdom. As the church of Jesus Christ, we must yearn for the knowledge of God and rid the church of ignorance concerning the will of God. I believe these verses are some that we need to begin and continue to pray that God would grant us. Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says, uh, That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you, say give to you, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, in the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. All right, that word wisdom, well, first let me explain something. In the Bible, how many of y'all, uh, I'm going to explain it anyway. The Bible was written before it was translated into English. It was written mainly in Hebrew and Greek. Mostly the Old Testament written in Hebrew, and then you got a couple of books that was written in Aramaic, all right? And then in the New Testament, majority of the New Testament is written in Greek, all right? And as we read and study the Bible, the word wisdom in this phrase, in this scripture in Romans 117, the word wisdom in this verse is used to describe one who might have insight or wisdom that's not naturally attained. In other words, this is not human wisdom in verse 17, in the spirit of wisdom. It's not human wisdom. This is special insight. Say special insight. The word revelation in the Greek meaning refers to something that's been veiled hidden for a long time, and then suddenly, almost instantly, become clear and visible. It's like pulling the curtains out of the way so you can see what, what has always been just outside of your window. The scene was always there for you to enjoy, but the curtains blocked your ability to see the real picture. But when the curtains are drawn apart, you can suddenly see what has been hidden from your view. The moment you see beyond the curtains for the first time and observe what has been there all along, but not evidently, this is what the Bible calls revelation. All right? So, how many of y'all have experienced revelation from that definition? All right? And normally, revelation, when it, when it happens to you or when you get enlightened, is normally something you have been, it's been right there before you the whole time. It's been right in front of your face the whole time. And the only one that brings this revelation out, Paul says here, he, he prays that God would grant us the spirit of wisdom 
and revelation. All right. This in he is uh, implying that there is a lot of information that's hidden from us. There's a lot of things and insight the Lord want us to know. And it's in plain sight, and we still can't see. Last week, we talked about having eyes, but still not able to see. Having ears, and still not able to hear. All right? This is so important, because we could be walking around with eyes and not see. And the sad reality about that is, we don't even know we can't see. And we acting like we know where we're going. Now, now, now this is the... Uh, downfall about that is most humans want to act like they know what they're doing, right? I like know what I, I like know what I'm doing, right? Um, but once I find out I don't know what I'm doing, I'm like, no, I got to find out, right? I got it's something in me that wants to know. And that should be in all believers. It's something in you that should have a drive to want to know. Want to know God, want to know his will for your life, which way you should which way you should go, what you should be doing with your life. You should want to know, all right? All believers want to know. If you don't want to know, then I, I can't relate to that. I can't relate to that, amen? I can't say nothing wrong with you, but I can't relate to that. Ever since I've been born again, I've been wanting to find out what, ha- happen- what, ha- what, ha- what has happened to me and who is this God I never knew. That's been around all this time, and I'm just now experiencing him. And I'm just now experiencing him. All right? And so this is the drive that all believers should have. Now, let me give you a further example of Revelation. This example, what I just did, is in Revelation. Why? It was hidden in plain sight. It's always been there. You wasn't expecting it, but now you know. The moment you realize, wow, I didn't know that was behind that, it's called revelation. It's opening up. I'm just telling you. Trying to tell you it's opening up. All right? So now you know, right? I brought it out into the open. Now, this is what Jesus does in many of our lives, or he can do it, all right? I believe many of the times, this type of stuff, and it's, it's things that this could represent in our lives. It could represent the answer of why you keep going, snapping and going off. That's hidden from us. It could represent what keeps tripping us up. That's hidden, and it needs to... The answer to that problem needs to be brought out into the open. It represents many occurrences where we are where we lack knowledge on how to. All right. If I had the knowledge of how to, I wouldn't need a lot of things. Many times we looking for just a million dollars. But what if I had the knowledge to make a million dollars any time that I needed to? Wouldn't that need be more valuable? Absolutely, right? But how shallow our thinking has become to just want the answer. Wouldn't you want to know how? You got the answer. 
Many people just to the point where, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. We should want to know how. We should be inquiring within ourselves what teaches how. Amen? Teach me how to overcome my addictions. Teach me how to pay my bills on time. Lord, teach me how to make money. Lord, teach me, Jesus, how to get free from this. Lord, teach me, Jesus, how to get free from this. Lord, I don't know. I'm lacking some information. The Bible says we are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Hear me? Thank you. You don't need more money. sound funny, don't it? If I just, because think about this, and I, thank you, thank you, thank you. Many times we have this, we have this in our, well, if I just had more money, then all this would be solved. All this would be solved. All this would be solved. And the reality is, you don't need more money. You need wisdom. We need to know how. We need Jesus to teach us. We need uh, some information that's hidden to be made known. All right? This would clean up our prayer time. Instead of just asking God for stuff, teach me how, Lord. All right? Instead of just having God, uh, Lord, you need to get rid of them off my job. Well, Jesus, do something about that. Well, maybe Jesus wants you to love them. Maybe Jesus wants you to maybe Jesus wants you to invite them out to lunch. Amen. But we would never know if we would ask Jesus, if we wouldn't ask, be thinking about asking Jesus to teach me how to handle this situation. Instead of just fix it, get rid of it. Like people just want money. If I just had a million dollars right now, man, I'd be crazy. I was talking to somebody last week. If I just had a million dollars right now, I'd be Many times we don't know we're not ready for a million dollars. I'm going to be honest with you. No, the Lord asked me this. He said, if I bless you with a million dollars right now, what would you do with it? It stopped me because all I could think about is myself. And then he said, okay, if you really care about people, why you don't have a system set up that would bless people? Because our answer is always found in the end result instead of in the wisdom that we need. Say, Lord, I need wisdom. Lord, I need insight. Right? I believe if Paul was praying this prayer for the church, I believe we should be praying it for our own lives also. Many of the problems that w- that would that can be solved in our life it, it would it be found in the spirit of wisdom and revelation. All right, many believers. Point two, receive your inheritance. Now this is valuable. I think what this is one of the most important messages that you will hear. Now one of them. You know, it's many more important messages you hear, but I believe what I'm about to talk about this next point is so invaluable to you as believers. Believers. Many believers are totally unaware of the inheritance that's, ava- that's available for all that have the knowledge of it and willing to go receive it. An inheritance is the practice of passing on property, rights, obligations, titles, 
debt shall be after a person's death. And then one of the key things about inheritance, somebody has to die for you to receive it. And that somebody has already died for them to receive it. But do you even know what's been left for you to go receive it? Right? A lot of times we tie inheritance to physical, earthly possessions. Amen. And, and, and thank God for earth. I like Asian possessions. Don't get me wrong. I don't have any. But I enjoy it. Praise the Lord. I like a nice car. Praise God. But there is something deeper that Jesus has left for you. Do you know? Do you know what your inheritance that Jesus left for you? There are many aspects of our inheritance that all believers need to come into the knowledge of, but specifically the ones that are laid out in these verses, and this is what I'm talking about. We just read these verses, but without insight, without revelation, we wouldn't interpret that this is my inheritance that Jesus left for me. Did you realize what was your inheritance in your verses when you read them? That's not in there, brother. Come on, walk with me. Oh, lead me. Because it's invaluable what Jesus has done and what he's left for you. Romans 8, Romans 1, verse 18b. Romans 1, verse 18b says this, and verse 23. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? In the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who inheritance comes with a condition like they all do. How many of y'all have um, experienced receiving an inheritance? Anyone willing? I am going to change that for next year. How many of y'all willing to change that for the next generation? Amen. I didn't receive nothing but debt. When, when daddy died, I had to receive debt. I had to pay for the funeral. I had to pay for all that stuff. And that will not happen to my family. Start thinking kingdom, you start thinking like leaving behind inheritance. Amen. And most of us, especially in these lower income communities and black communities, especially, we don't know nothing about inheritance when it left us. And that will change, my friend. I declare that to you in Jesus' name. How many of y'all hear me? Amen. I will leave an inheritance for my children. Amen. They will not have me still in debt for them. That's for Jesus. So I need to start working on the process of what is that, how can I start that process? Because the best time to start is when you come into the knowledge of it, right? You just don't want to have knowledge and just let it sit in your mind and say you'll get to it in the future because it'll be 10 years from now and you're still going to be getting to it. So the best time when you receive knowledge is to go ahead and start implementing it. I advise you to do that in church also. Whenever you receive fresh information that's new, that you need to start implementing in your life, the best time to do that is soon as possible. Please do not wait because the spirit of compromise, procrastination, passivity will creep in and it will be 10 years down the road before you make a decision and follow it. I ask me how I know because I did it. I do. I, I follow Jesus in everything. 
best to, to just go ahead and stick with them. I'm teaching my kids, you'll never go out into the world. Go ahead and stay with them. A lot of the inheritance has conditions tied to it. Many different different implications, many reasons and things you got to do. But most, the number one thing that you must do is go and receive it. You have to go receive it. Many are shocked to find out they have a responsibility concerning their God-given rights. First, to find and seek out what's been provided for them and to access them their faith or access the inheritance through their faith. We need to lay claim to this grand gift that God has provided for us. God's just not going to come down and knock on your door. He wants you to pick it up. And verse 19 says, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Now, let's exalt Jesus for a minute. Hebrews chapter chapter 1, verse 3. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purifications for, our, for sins, he sat down at the majesty, at the right hand of the majesty on high. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Therefore, God has highly exalted him, that's Jesus, and bestowed on him, Jesus, the name that's above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue that confess, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. Jesus now holds the place of honor. The right hand of the throne of God is the highest place of authority and power. This isn't just a place that Jesus, for Jesus to sit in. Amen. Um, but it represents the highest rank and authority structure of the universe. I will explain why this is so important, especially pertaining to us. 21, verse 21 in Romans chapter 1. Jesus has now been exalted to the place of honor. He is at the highest uh, rank in authority structure So what does that pertain, how does that pertain to us as believers? Verse 20, 21, 21 says, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Jesus has been placed above all, say above all, above all forms of control, meaning Jesus and only Jesus has the strength to control every other power that tries to control you. In other words, every substance that has its grips around you has to let you go. 
in Jesus' name. At the name of Jesus, depression has to go. Doubt has to go. Suicide has to go. Low self-esteem has to go in Jesus' name. Lust and perversion has to go in Jesus' name. Jesus is, Jesus is, he is the final authority. Everything that has a name in your life that can control you, Jesus has authority over. All diseases has to go at the name of Jesus. Amen? Give examples. Let me, let me, let me, let me now give you some examples. I mean, one time. And this is just an example of the name of Jesus. Give some testimonies. I remember one time I used to work at, uh, what's that place called? Restaurant. Old Charlie's. I was, I was over at Old Charlie's, and I was, let's say this is the tip line, and on the other side of the line is all the service and everybody going in and out of the restaurant, and I'm on the salad, making salads, and I'm full of full of joy. And um, I'm thinking about the goodness of the Lord in the restaurant, and you, everybody's texting, right? And I'm, I, I, got, I got some joy on me, you know? And I'm sitting in there just thinking about the goodness of the Lord, making those salads, just doing it as unto the Lord. And um, I, something struck me. I thought about Jesus. I thought about uh, something good Jesus done. I, it just struck me. And before I thought, before I could even stop my words from coming out, before I could even think about saying a word, I just said, Jesus, in the middle of the restaurant, just like that. And I'm like, but the... the the, the the after effects was crazy to me though, like because we at a restaurant. I'm, I'm I mean it's at peak busyness of that evening, and before I can even think, I prepared Jesus, and then all of a sudden, I heard no voice. I'm, I'm talking about all you heard was clang 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 plates, silverware. No one talked for about ten seconds after I said Jesus. And I'm sitting there like, what in the world? Because it was, it was, it was, it was crazy. Everybody kept moving, but everybody shut up in reverence to Jesus' name. Now, let me give you another testimony of Jesus. Name, just the name of Jesus. Just call it on the name of Jesus. I remember one time I was in a dream, and I was having a bad dream. That's a bad dream. That's not God normally. You're scared, right? And I'm fearful. I'm shivering inside the dream. And I recognize that this is the devil. Sometimes I have the consciousness to implement and move in my dreams from the perspective of who I am now. And sometimes I'm behind a person who I was in my dream. Amen? And I'm doing things that I used to do, right? How many of y'all had those type of dreams? And then, you know, the enemy like, see what you're dreaming about, see? You know, I'm a new teacher. If I don't care how many times you dream about me, you're talking about I won't catch you. I don't want that. I get up speaking my faith in Jesus. I don't doubt. Maybe you want this. No, I don't. I'm a new teacher in Christ. That's who I was. Say was. You got to have a was. Not am. All right, so let's get back to my dream. So in the dream... I was having a scary dream, and I was seeing in the background this house, and it was dark, 
me in trouble, can I meet with this guy tonight? And I was like, and then I said, well, in the name of Jesus, and before I can say Jesus, I felt this wind go across my face, and the whole wind, whole dream disappeared, and I woke up, and I was like, I don't know what it was, but I know they said a Jesus, because when I woke up, when that wind, I felt the wind. And in my dream, before I can get Jesus' name out, I'm telling you, whatever it was, it's gone. Whatever it was, it's gone. I remember many times in my dreams, just at the name of Jesus. I remember there was a time that I would have a, I would have a bad dream. I remember this one time we was sitting in that one bedroom apartment, and my wife woke up from a pregnancy cancer, and she had pain. I guess she was having contractions, whatever. And I always, I don't care if it is pain, I always start practicing on it. Because once I found out that I have authority, I have some type of authority, instead of just praying that God would do it, no, you got to do something. You have to enforce. Listen, we are, thank you, we are like police officers here on earth. Spiritual police officers. The enemy Ain't just, he just not going to leave you alone. All right? If a police officer riding down my street, see somebody breaking in my house, and he called back to the station and saying, listen, I see him going in. I see him going in. What should I do? Bring your badge and your gun back to the office. You ain't fit to be a police officer. What are they here to do? To enforce the law. To enforce the law. If you see violations, now you have authority. Now I'm, I'm about to get to my point. If you have violations against me, what I mean by violations, Jesus set up trumpets in his way. And he has commanded you to enforce God's rules here on earth. Because we living in his kingdom. And the devil ain't going to respect us. Come on now, if he didn't respect God in heaven, he's not going to respect you. Now, if you are walking in your authority, if you're walking in your God-given rights, he has to now because as I read this verse. Now, let me get back to this. My wife woke up in the middle of the night. I was talking about her stomach hurt. It's tight. And I said, in Jesus' name, be healed. I laid back down, went to sleep, and I woke up, and my throat was, I had, you know how you at the beginning of a, when I woke up, I, I started itching. My throat started itching. <clears throat> and I went to open the refrigerator. And we in that one bedroom, and I, I opened the refrigerator. And before I could even say something, I touched my throat, because the Bible said I had that scripture. Don't lay hands on the sick, and the sick recover. And I touched my throat, and my ears popped. And right when my ears popped, I can swallow. And you know how your ears and your throat and your eyes, all that stuff kind of connected? And I felt, have you ever have you ever been in a hearing test? 
And right when I touched my throat, my ears popped and I heard that high-pitched have you ever been in a hearing test where you have that high-pitched sound? And that's how it was. And when, 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 um, when I realized that, I was like, man, I'm, I'm healed. And before I could even think about it, I was healed. All right? And I stayed up just worshiping God and giving God the praise. Now, this, this is the good stuff. And verse 22, let's read this slowly. And he, this is God, has put all things under his, this is Jesus, feet. Say all things. And gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. Us, the saints. The fullness of him fills all in all. Now, let's read this. As we see here, God has put all things under Jesus' feet, and we are the body of Christ. That means God has put all things under our feet as well. If the feet is part of the body, and I am the body of Christ, right, then God has put all things under my feet as well. If I'm included in the body of Christ, then all principalities and powers are subject to me because of my position with Jesus. So now, this explains where you are seated and where your position is in the spirit. Where your rank is in your authority pertaining to principalities and powers. Principalities and powers are, if y'all don't know what that is, we have an enemy that we can't see. There is another world behind this world that is always in activity all the time. And the enemy is trying to find those that don't know. We are the sword for a lack of knowledge, right? And he is trying to take advantage of individuals who don't know. All right? He want, he, he's betting that you don't see yourself a part of the body and under Jesus' feet is where you where you are also because you are His body, right? Let me just put this on that. If you doubt that you are the body of Christ, First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse forty-seven. Now you collectively are Christ's body, and individually you are members of Him. Each part separately and distinct, each with its own place and function. Luke chapter ten, verse nineteen. Jesus said. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power. Say all the power. All the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Yes, Christ has given you the victory. He has given us the victory. We have the power to walk and dominate our enemy. In this verse, Jesus said he has given us authority to trample on the enemy in every form that he shows up. The enemy comes in different forms and different ways. Of course, we've been taught that poverty is a curse, and it was for, it's from the enemy. Of course, we've been taught that sickness is a curse, and it's from the enemy. The power of sickness and disease has been broken on the cross, and Jesus has given you the victory. Many believers don't understand and lack the knowledge of this information. Many people are just told that you have the power, but these verses is the reason why you have the authority. 
It's the reason why you get to tell the devil to leave your mind alone. You get to tell depression, depression may come, but it can't stay. It can't stay. Amen. The enemy may rise his head, but it can't stay. Poverty may try to grip your finances for a little bit and try to tell you it's always going to be like this. And the Bible says it can't stay. Amen. But until we come to the knowledge of and start enforcing, how do we enforce? We have to use our words. We have to use our tongue. Your tongue is a powerful tool that the enemy, that the enemy try to take advantage of, and he wants you to shut your mouth. He don't want you to open up and start rebuking him. He don't want you to start knowing who you are in Jesus because he will have to respect you. He will have to honor you once you find out, but he's betting that you don't know. He's betting. He's, he's taking a chance that you might not know, and most don't. Because many are not taught what they need to proceed in Jesus. To be successful and dominate and rule the devil. Many are so scared and respect the devil. You know the devil, you know the devil. Listen, Jesus has given you authority over him. But he, God ain't going to come down and do it. He already done his part. You have to seek out. You have to start studying who you are in Christ and what's been left to you. Many people don't know they got inheritance. And it's been left to them, and they need to go and receive it. So we walk around getting beat up by the enemy a lot, getting told up by the enemy. And I've been there, too, because sometimes when he come, he come. And we need to contend. Contend. Say contend. And fight. And fight. We are not raising up weak men. We're raising up soldiers in the army. Soldiers. Soldiers. Fight. Don't sit there and take it. Don't lay down and let him bar you. He ain't, he, listen, you, you, he don't have to Debo you like that. You don't have to take it. Soon as you stand, stand up and fight. But that comes from when you gain that knowledge. What is the knowledge? That I am the body of Christ. See, we just don't be saying that. The reason we say that is because all things have been put under his feet, and I am the body of Christ. I am the body of Christ. I am. Say that. I am the body of Christ. What do, the, what do the police officers do? They enforce the law. That's why they have dunamis. They have power on their hip. If you don't do what they say, then they go to the power. If the power ain't enough, then they call for backup. All right? When the police pull me over, <clears throat> the reason I say yes, sir, right? reason I say yes, sir, has nothing to do with him. Zero. I don't care how he looks. It be white, yellow, purple, brown, small, tall. When I say yes, sir, has nothing to do with him or his character. It has everything to do with that badge. It has everything to do with that badge. Why? Because if I don't do what he say, if I come against him, it's like coming against all of Huntsville. And if I can whoop all of Huntsville, right, because I doubt it, then all the United States got their back, right? Then you mess with all the United States allies. 
so we might as well what? Bow down. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right? All right. So let's think about this in a spiritual context with you and Jesus. One time, I heard a testimony of a witch doctor who got saved. And the reason he got saved was this. Um, in that sort of religion, they're taught to translate out of their body. How many of y'all heard of that? Translating out of your body. Never heard of it? Never heard of it? Now, translating when they can go into the spirit realm and walk and move. All right? So... This one time, he got taught, the first thing his parents, the parents left him an inheritance. The inheritance was the witch doctrine. And in the witch doctrine, they first are taught to translate out of his body, and he can go overseas. He went to the United States for four United States years. So he's just body and stuff. But he can't stay out too long. So one time, they was on a beach, and it was a Christian family over there. And all these devils and, and other witches and warlocks was leading. We have an enemy we can't see, God, and I must understand this right. They was meeting on this beach, and they seen a Christian family over there. And one of the Christian, one of the, uh, one of the warlocks was saying, go slap that Christian. Go slap that Christian. Go slap that Christian. So one of them went over there and tried to slap him, of course, in the spirit realm, but the Christian felt fear. And soon as he felt fear, he said, Jesus, and in the spirit, this is what he said he saw. He said he saw light come out of his mouth. And he said it hit the sky and it opened up. And then all of a sudden they seen thousands and thousands and thousands of horses and angels coming to this one Christian rescue. Now, this is what he said he saw, and he he's not even a Christian. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of angels coming. And then they gone. He said, why are we running? I thought we had power. And these are the things that convinced him that he needed to get saved. And the Bible says, the entrance of thy word bringeth life. We don't know. And I remember reading George Myers, Battlefield of the Mind. She said the Lord Jesus told her that speaking, speaking that word, even when the enemy was fighting, she said the word was like a sword coming out of her. Like just light coming out of her coming out of her. That word was just light coming out of her like a sword in the spirit. Now, this is something you can't see because it's called the walking dead. But these stories I grabbed to encourage you that you have the capability and you have been equipped with power to enforce and rule to leave my body. Keep believing that. Keep trusting. Keep standing on that word. Believe in
Jesus has given you authority. You will not live. You will not, you will not die, but you shall live. You shall not die. You shall live. You shall not die. Declare the goodness of the Lord. It shall always flow out of your mouth, powerful woman of God. Powerful woman of God. Proverbs chapter 2. Listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ear to ears of wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight. Call out for knowledge and ask for understanding. Search for them as jewels for treasure. Teach them like prudent children. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and what you will gain for the Lord wants grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of counsel to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the path of the just and protects those who are faithful. Then you will understand what it is like to rest with the Lord. And you will find right the right way to go. For wisdom is in your heart and knowledge is in your jaws. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will Wisdom will save you and you will be safe from those who worry about riches. These men turn from the right way and walk down a dark path. They take pleasure in what is wrong and they rejoice in what is evil. Their actions are crooked and their ways are wrong. Wisdom will save you from the immoral woman and from the seductive words of the promiscuous fellow. In closing, as we go, we will teach this information. A lot of you just need information. Some of us just heard it from just someone telling you and not really seeing it from a scriptural point of view. But Jesus has given you authority and power to stand upon. That means the enemy will can be under your feet. He can be under your feet. He is under your feet in Jesus' name. And learning how to implement that in our daily lives is why we need wisdom. Wisdom is knowing what to do when you don't know where to look. This is why we need wisdom. Knowledge just tells you what and how and gives you information. Wisdom gives you the when to, the implementation, the how is necessary. And that concludes today's message. Thanks again for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church Audio Podcast. We pray that you were encouraged and empowered by today's message. If you would like to learn more about our church, please visit our website by going to r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week. God bless.